You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Castle After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Castle After Show. Ah. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to finish my tweet for the episode. Oh, no. She's late. Welcome back, everyone, to another after show for Castle here at AfterBuzz TV. It is episode 19, titled The Greater Good. And this was a pretty good one. I, I enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it. Lots of twists and turns, but I think I knew who it was from the get-go anyways. Yeah. But my name is Paige Sullivan. I'm your host for tonight, joined by my lovely co-host. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Hobson. And so let's break this episode down. As always, we start out with a dead body. And so this dead body's got a weird chick taking, like, a selfie with it. Not a selfie, but she's like, <laughs> I, mean, I was like, is she Instagramming this murder? What is she doing here? Yeah, why would you want photo evidence of the body that you just killed? And even, like, looping to the end of the episode where she's, con- like, basically arrested, why did you take a picture of the body? Because it did not play into any part of this episode. Nothing. That's true. We never saw that. The the, the photo was never mentioned, was but never we mentioned. clearly saw her take a, picture. take a picture. Maybe she wanted to see her handiwork. She's like, look what night. I did. Ooh, this is my, this is my doing. But, I, I mean, it him. was the first time in a while that it, actually was the first person that we're introduced to it was and the only reason i kind of thought it was her is because she was played by Lori fortier who is an actress from hemlock grove who we've had here at Afterbuds before and so when i saw that she was going to be in the episode i was like i kind of feel like it's Lori. oh yeah just because of who she is i was like i know her a little bit and feel like she's going to be the yeah, I felt like it could have been Berman at points just because he's also a pretty well-known guy yeah and so when he showed up in the episode i was like oh I feel like you could be something, but he's also so charismatic and he's like that character that you think it's going to be, but it never is. Mm-hmm. So, but we, uh, we see the dead body and then of course we jump to Castle and Beckett and there wasn't really any super loop in this episode. It wasn't like speaking of, <laughs> but they were talking about getting married on a roller coaster and, you know, Beckett nixed it, but they're talking about who they're going to invite and, I didn't even think about that. I really thought they'd have a small list. I don't know why this is even like a topic of conversation because they hang out with like four people in their lives. That's true. But I always thought that Castle's list was just going to be a lot bigger than Beckett's because of who he is. Right. In the way of, you know, because he kind of has that A-list lifestyle that his list is going to be all these celebrities and her list is going to be like her dad. My dad. Lainey. Aunt Teresa. But her list was 100 people, too. Yeah, so I was like, where'd you get 100 people from? And on their list, did they have any of the same people? Well, they must have. I think they must have, but even so, 100 people. But if you think about it, like, even if you don't have a huge family, if you include, like, your siblings and then, like, your aunts and uncles and your grandparents and your cousins, it's like... It even grows. if, it, there's and if only, they're married, yeah, it's like all plus ones. I didn't even. I love how uh, when they talked to Ryan about it, he's like, "Oh, we only had the money for a hundred people, but not a lot of my relatives saved me." So, <laughs> but it's true. Like you had that real life stuff, and I feel like it's so funny because they always do the pop culture references, mm-hmm. and then this episode we had um, 
Wolf of Wall Street reference, yeah. the Polar Vortex reference. We had all this <laughs> wedding stuff, and I was like, oh, Lord, they, when did they write this last week? Because they're writing it's, about our lives. It's very current. Very, very but current. Here's one good way of judging who you should invite to your wedding. Okay. I just thought of this. If you don't buy them a Christmas gift, don't invite them to your wedding. Okay. Because the people on my Christmas Sorry, list are very to short. my brother. He can't come. <laughs> no, I buy him one, but he doesn't return the favor, so he's not invited. But, like, if you think about it, those are the people who really mean a lot to you and yeah. the family that you're actually in contact with is the people who you're making sure you get a Christmas gift for. I think it's also, like, you know, when you clean out your closet, they're like, if you haven't worn it in six months, let it go. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, if you don't talk to them and they don't matter in your daily life, out of there. Feelings might be hurt, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's right for your bank account. Exactly. But so this was our little bit of Castle and Beckett love that we got this episode. And I liked it. There was no cold feet happening. None of that stuff. It was really just about who they wanted at their wedding. Yeah. And so that played through the whole episode. But in the meantime, we're meeting Peter Cordero. He's 26. He works at an investment bank, basically. And somebody made a 911 call saying, oh, there's a dead man. And she wouldn't say... Who she was. And so very quickly, we're like, oh, his shirt was unbuttoned, but it it wasn't always unbuttoned. Somebody did this to stage it. And then, you know, there it looks like there was a fight, but there's no defensive wounds. Like he didn't actually fight for anything. And, you know, his cousin Maria says he's not in any trouble and nothing wrong. It's like, okay, then why was he killed? Isn't that the greatest when families are like, no, he's a good kid. He doesn't do anything wrong. You're like, well, he had a gunshot wound to the chest. So Literally, something happened. Something was off there. I mean, you might not have known him as well as you thought, but I mean, I'm glad that it wasn't, you know, for anything super serious. And even when we do get something, so they mentioned, oh, he was caught with cocaine during a pat down um, and with his other priors as a teen. And I'm like, okay, but so you're saying he's so good. He never got in any trouble. What did he do as a teen to get in trouble? Yeah. And I know what you do as a teenager is very different than what you do as an adult because we're all stupid when we're in <laughs> high school. And if you're not, my apologies. But most, <laughs> I wasn't. most of us were pretty dumb. <laughs> Or saved it for college, maybe. Maybe that's what Tiana did. You don't know me. Yeah, I think I might. No, but seriously. And so that whole thing is like, uh, well, he was caught with cocaine. So you're saying he's a good guy, but really, is he? Mm-hmm. And uh, so Maria's telling us all this stuff. Apparently, he was stressed with work. Yes. Um, he. I mean, that is a very stressful type of job. How do they do that? I still don't understand what exactly they do. And I'm not sure I ever will, but I know that Wall Street guys are very stressed all the time. Yeah. There's a lot of yelling and paper waving in all the movies that I've seen. And so Yeah, and even when you see like action like I think you can get like a live feed to watch the mm-hmm. New York Stock Exchange, like everybody's screaming and running around. Like could you imagine the first day of the job that being your job? I'd be like, <laughs> What's happening? It's like no wonder they need a little pick me up at the end of the day to keep them. Right? Like no wonder not he that everyone cocaine. does not that everyone on Wall Street does drugs or is an alcoholic, but that's just what the movies tell us. And this episode. And this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's telling us that's what happened. But so we go to the, his work and we meet with Jamie Berman. He's basically the CEO, the big head boss of this company. And he's yelling about poaching accounts and whoever poaches the first account gets a million dollars. And it's like, what? And there's a bag of cash, money on the table. A million would... dollars right there. I was like, whoa. Um, 
that's motivation. I wish my boss would do something right? like that. Like, my boss isn't even waving around an extra 10 <laughs> bucks at the end of the week. Like, come on, people. I don't understand. Like, I was watching this, and I was like, okay, I, I get the Wolf of Wall Street reference because yeah. this is crazy. It's insane. It's insane, and it's high energy and... Just everyone going for it. I love it. Yeah. But. And they're all at this place called J.P. Harding, which is like an investment firm. J.P. Morgan. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> I almost called it that, but then I read it and I was like, that's not what it's called. Nope. J.P. Harding, taking a little hint from real world, apparently. But he worked there. Uh, Berman says it was one of his best months. You know, he was a good guy. He didn't have any problems. His clients loved him. But he did see him with a gangbanger in the hallway exchanging a package (laughs) and that's when he said you know we don't question what our guys have to do to get through the day which i mean i guess it's kind of like the entertainment industry in a way yeah well when they like i forget what whose interview i think jenny garth she was saying when we were on 90210 we could ask any pa for anything and they would just give it to us like drugs alcohol like a tampon like (laughs) whatever she needed she could get from the people around her yeah and it that's a blessing and well it's not a blessing it's really kind of a curse because you know then you leave this lifestyle and you know you're addicted and just things don't go great yeah no not so great not so great great. especially for poor little peter and he's yeah so he's dead and so you know we basically tell berman that and i don't i didn't really see him as a suspect he didn't seem like a guy who killed someone to me honestly he didn't seem like a great guy it seemed like he was guilty of you know the whole money laundering or whatever insider trading insider trading stuff he seemed guilty of that but not of murder because i just couldn't see him even hiring someone to no he's got bigger fish to fry like one guy is not going to be his end all be all Mm -hmm. and if they were we find out he just pays them off and so that's basically what he does but we we go back laney calls while they're in the middle of this meeting and so he has numbers on his hand which we come in hand later but he also has some adhesive on his chest. I love how Lainey's like, do you see there on his chest? And they're like, no. She's like, I almost missed it too. Look closer. <laughs> it's like, if you almost missed it and you are the corner, like, how are they supposed to see it? Um, good question. Because I was looking and I was like, I don't, like, I don't see anything. I didn't see anything either. And I mean, I don't think we were supposed to. But as soon as I heard her saying, do you see that on his chest? I was like, oh, okay. He was yeah. wearing a wire. Yeah. There's something on his chest. It goes from his chest all the way down to his navel. It's like, okay, I so get it. So he had it. a wire on. Yeah, so he has a wire on. Um, and then we assume he's been working with someone. So they contact all the different departments. And we're talking about, talking to Gates about the, the situation. And we also show her the picture of the woman. And right as that happens, obviously, perfect timing. Because <laughs> that's how the world works. Yeah, that's how the real world works. Elizabeth walks in, the U.S. attorney for the South for the Southern District. Southern District. And her assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District, Stephanie Walken. Stephanie's the woman who was on the payphone. So I'm like, okay, if she killed him, there's no way she's just walking in here the next day. Right? It seemed too easy, but then there's also something about her that didn't really seem right. It didn't read well. Like, she seemed like, I don't know, not cocky, but there was like an air about her that I didn't mm-hmm. really love. I'll, I'll agree with that because there's something weird. Something weird about her. Maybe it was the hair color. Yes, I just judged someone by their hair color, but the red hair, man. I mean, sometimes you think. Yeah, and and it was like the way she looked in that photo too when she was at the phone booth. Which, if you are a U.S. attorney, shouldn't you be smart enough to know 
not to get caught on camera. Like turn your head, turn your like head, plan accordingly. Maybe go a little further away from the scene of the crime before you make that phone call. You know, not just down the street at the liquor store. Payphone. Yeah, like do it like six blocks away, not yeah. two blocks away. Maybe wait half an hour. I don't know. So. Because don't nothing know. was getting solved by them finding his body. Like, it didn't do anything for her or her case. Like, mm-hmm. nothing at all. And the other thing is, I know we learned, so there was an investigation going on with Gates' sister, Elizabeth. She was pursuing a case against Berman, basically. Yes. And Peter was their inside guy. So he was undercover, not undercover, but he was like an inside informant. And so, I wonder if you have an informant and they, like, are killed on the job, you don't act like they were an informant because you don't want anybody to know. So is it like he's just an average Joe who was killed because nobody can know that the U.S. Attorney's Office has anything to do with him? Is that how it works? I think it is because you don't really... Well, I guess until the case is maybe over. Yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't announce that on the news. You wouldn't say, like, the FBI informant, this guy. Well, not even that, but, like, you know, how she was there, she saw him, she called 911, and she didn't say who she was. Normally, you would think, oh, my informant's been killed. I will call my boss. We will, you know, we'll investigate ourselves what happened to our person. But they didn't. They They left it, like, completely, like, as if he was a nobody. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't really know if that's how it works. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm going with it. But so, um, you know, that's when we learned about the cocaine from Stephanie and Elizabeth. The cocaine, his record, what he was doing. He's basically helping them out. The cocaine. The cocaine. Oh, that made me mad. I was really mad when we found out that they planned The truth that. about it. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, I mean, you hear, I mean, that's what everyone says that happens, but you don't want to see that happening. I know, that's the thing about Castle. It's like, oh, we, like, talk about it as if it's, like, this thing that doesn't, it's not real life, you know what I mean? But, like, they do base a lot of their cases Mm -hmm. off real life things or, like, what could potentially happen or has happened. And I'm like, ugh, devastated. The world's awful. (laughs) But, uh... We also go back to looking at the meeting that Cordero was supposed to have with Berman the day prior. And they have, like, a fight, supposedly, and they're seen walking out. But Berman, you know, he has an alibi. He says they were just fighting about business. And then he can't tell them anything because of client confidentiality. Like, isn't that Is that the a best? real thing? Yeah, I think so. Because you're working with people's money. So you can't be like, oh, so I have so-and-so's money and I've invested it here and they work with us because they probably also don't want others knowing who they invest with. That's true. I guess I wasn't thinking of it as being that specific of a question. Like, what was your meeting about? Oh, we talked over some of our clients' investment strategies and whatnot. I wasn't thinking of it as, oh, well, we talked about how um, this company needed to, you know, invest in this other company. Yeah, no, it's more, I think it's more if I'm understanding it correctly, my brother was actually telling me that's at Christmas because I think this is what he might want to do. And he was saying, basically, if I took like Wiz Khalifa's money <laughs> and I invested it in certain companies, then I'd make money off Khalifa's money and he'd make money too. And I'm like, okay. So I think that's what it really is. Yeah. I mean, they're just making money off other people's money and then they get to take apart themselves. Interesting. I don't really know how it works. I think it's just like anything else with like commission and bonuses. Like when you make a sale, you get commission. It's like when you make an investment and your client makes money, you take a profit of that money, like a portion of that money. Oh, okay. I think, I think that's how it works. Learn something new every day. But so that's, I guess, I I guess it would make sense. You can't be like, oh, I made so-and-so so much money because you don't really have to tell anybody what, what, what you're doing, I guess. And depending if you sign contracts and stuff like legally, I don't know how that all works. 
We're going to take his word on it. Yeah, we're going to take his word <laughs> on it. But so he he um during this conversation, he has an alibi, he didn't do it, but he also provides a sketch of Hector Núñez for us who Maria tells us that it's his best friend from when he was a kid. He tried to get him in gangs. Peter didn't want to be in gangs. I love how none of these stories match up. Like when you talk to Hector <laughs> and you talk to her. But um, so Peter and him haven't talked in a very, very long time. According to Maria. According to Maria. But so we go and talk to him. And they're in the, like, Latin part of New York, apparently. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they're, like, dancing and whatever. And Castle's like, they don't look so bad. <laughs> and then there's, like, the gang. In the corner of the bar. Yeah, and can we also talk about the fact that, once again, Beckett goes off into the unofficial headquarters of this gang with no one to back her up except for Castle. And he can't back her up. And he can't back her up. So if something were to go wrong here, you're walking into the lion's den. And if things hadn't gone the way that they did, if they had gone south, what are you going to do? You don't even have, like, uniforms outside waiting for you to help. You only have Castle here. He has... No gun, no no bulletproof vest. Nothing. He's got nothing. no skills. Nothing worthy of being there. Yeah, he's got a mouth that's probably going to get him in even more trouble and get you guys shot faster. Because he's so sarcastic and snarky. Yeah. Like, it, when they sat down with him and yeah. with um, Hector, and Hector's like, do you know who did it? And Castle goes, well, we were thinking you could help us find out who it was. I love that, actually, though. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so we go in there, and she also even tells Castle before they walk in, she's like, this could get hairy. This could be a hairy situation. Uh, so, well, bring some backup. Like, where's the, where, well, shouldn't we be following a specific protocol, <laughs> like, when you go into this gang headquarters? Apparently not, but Hector gets all sad when he finds out Peter's dead, which of course you would if your childhood best friend was killed. And he says, I would never hurt Peter, but I did give him a gun because he said he was in a a bad situation and he was really nervous. We also never find out where the gun is. Did she take it with her? Interesting. No gun. But um, he said that he had asked for his help and they were doing this deal with money and stuff. And so he had to take an envelope to a specific bank and drop it off because Peter couldn't do it because... People would know it was him doing it, and he couldn't get caught. And Hector, I mean, he's on top of things. He, like, wrote down the account number in case anything went wrong. Like, I feel like most times when you think of a gang member, you're like, make the drop. They're not like, let me back this up. Let me, like, (laughs) get proof. I'm going to, like, back myself up. I'm going to prepare. Yeah, it just goes to show that Hector actually was a good friend. And even though they hadn't spoken in years and, you know, their lives went down different paths that Hector still really cared about him because he knew that the situation seemed kind of sketchy and not like, um, not something Peter would do. Not something Peter would do normally. So him writing down that account number was actually really smart. Very, very helpful. And he really did seem sad. And I think that's also another thing. You can't like judge a book by its cover. Like we know Mm -hmm. Hector's a bad guy. Like he's done bad things proven, uh, but at the same time, he does care about his best friend, the the guy who he says wouldn't let he wouldn't let him join the gang, and he yeah. told them he was better than that and he could do more. And he really truly seemed like he didn't want Peter involved in anything bad, and that's why he was probably willing to help him. Yeah, exactly. But so then we go back, and we can't really trace the account number because it's from like a Swiss bank, obviously. And they do these things where it reminded me of like the Da Vinci Code, like you had to have a <laughs> password numbers. to get into your account, and only you know the password. And it's and, all numbers, and it's like private. Even, yeah, like even the bank doesn't know who you are because of how like confidential it is. Uh, 
and then, and they're like, well, how do we get in? And Castle's like, I don't know. Maybe the numbers written on <laughs> that guy's hand over there. And of course they work. Of course Castle's right. And there was like a transfer of the transfer that they did make when Nunez dropped it off was twenty five million dollars. Let's just. What stop could it. any person do with that? I could think of a lot of things I could do with it and still have a lot left over. Well, I just mean, okay, so what, what we do know at the end of the episode is that, you know, he was basically just going to live in Venezuela. Like, he was just, like, running away. Yeah. And he was going to have $25 million to do this. I could live forever off $25 million. Yeah, I mean, and clearly he knows how to invest it. So he can go to Venezuela and, and make do it even there. more money off of this money. So he could probably quadruple his money. In his lifetime and be happy. Own an island. I don't know. Own several islands. Several islands. Just retire. Bring yeah. his cousin Maria Invest out to visit. Invest in some real estate, you know. I just I just don't. I don't understand why you needed that much money to buy someone out. Like $25 million. Yeah. And it was nice because they said that he gave a lot of it, you know, to charities to help rebuild um, his childhood. Before he even home. escaped. Yeah, before he even left so that's i mean clearly he wanted to do the right thing i know he's a good guy that's why i feel so bad how it ended up i say this all the time but like i forget that there was like a person who died um <laughs> through these whole investigations but during this time gates goes to her sister with some of this information and she's like you you didn't tell us any of this about this guy like you didn't tell us mm-hmm. any information that we needed to know and her sister threatens her and says don't screw up another investigation for me and so it's this, like, pull of each one trying to do their job, but the other person's job affects the other sister. Yeah. It's that back and forth. I don't love I, – I, like, she says at one point, you know, things have never been the same between us. Like, we'll just jump into what she says to get back at, you know, in 1998, I, I did my job, and it messed up her entire case, and she couldn't pursue it. Um, and things have never been the same since then. But, like, have they never been the same? Because it almost seems like they don't speak. Yeah, I was – I was actually surprised that um, Gates knew her sister's title. Yeah. Because it didn't seem like they speak. It doesn't seem like they see each other at family holidays. It's probably one of those anything. things where she Googles her sister. <laughs> and she's like, sister. I wonder what she's doing maybe, right now. Maybe her mom sends them like a Christmas card update. Here's yeah. what's going on in the life of your sister. Exactly. Um, but I, I liked seeing a little bit more of Gates' um, personal life. I did and too. And getting the sister in there and... Seeing that, and it just goes to show that Gates has a proven track record of not really breaking the rules. Yes. And why it is such a hard thing for her to do if she ever has to do it. And, you know, it's a gray area where, you know, her Elizabeth keeps saying it's for the greater good, it's for the greater good, but how far is going too far, you know? Because if we if we did let this happen, the greater good, like a murderer would be sitting in her office every day. Yeah. So... And an innocent guy who had nothing to do with the entire investigation died. So, like, what's more important? Like, getting this guy to stop having more money or saving lives? Yeah. Because there's always, there will always be another opportunity to get this, um, Berman, Herman, Sherman. Berman. Berman, that was the one. But so, basically, Gates demands that she gets the recordings. And so she does, and we find out there was this guy named Armando Garcia, and that that's what the drop was made for, and... It was all in Venezuela, or through Venezuela. And so, before we get there, we're back at Castle's house. And this is when we have, like, the whole list. It's like, (laughs) Beckett has 100 people, Castle has 400 people, his mom's got, like, 85 people. (laughs) Like, who knows that many people? 
I mean, have you looked at your Facebook friend count lately? Yeah, my Facebook friend count, but, like, I've been working on that since I was, like, 16. I mean, talk to me about Twitter. That's only been five years, and I'm barely up to 600 people. I mean, and that's all of you guys, too, at home. I mean, I would have to invite all the AfterBuzz listeners who follow me on Twitter to my wedding to to get get to the amount that they have. That's very true. I would have to do the same thing. Um, I don't know that many people. I don't know that many people, but but I'm sure once you sat down to start actually counting out... It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot, because once I start initially, I'm like, oh, no, I don't, and then... Just thinking of my family and cousins alone, I'm like, That's like oh, 60 people. you write down all those names individually and not just group them as like, oh, well, that family is like one person. Mm-hmm. You're then like, the oh, list them. starts growing. You're like, oh, crap. Yeah, it's more like that table yeah. at the wedding. <laughs> but uh, it's funny because then they, they ask, but they ask Martha for her help and she's no help at all. She just adds to the pile. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize how many people I had to invite until I wrote them all down. I was like, <laughs> oh, Sorry, Mom. Mother, it's not your wedding. And also, this isn't Castle's first wedding, so I could see how she would need to invite people to, you know, her son's wedding. But it's not the first one. No, it's the, isn't it like the third? It's the third. So that's like almost embarrassing. It's like, come to another one of Richard Castle's weddings. Yeah. Maybe this time invite the people who didn't make it to the first two because maybe you didn't know them then. And the way Castle says it, he's like, well, I'm inviting Stephen King and so-and-so, so I have to invite this other guy. And if I don't <laughs> invite him, i got to invite this other guy. It's like... But it is true. It's, it's like, you're like, if true. I invite her, we're mutual friends with this other girl, she's going to know she can't come. Like, mm-hmm. and it it gets extra tricky when you t- talk about, like, plus ones. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. I just, I don't know. Any, <laughs> gosh. And then when people assume they have a plus one. And they and don't. They don't. I, the worst with weddings is when somebody, like, complains to you. They're like, well, I wish I had a plus one. Like, to, like, the bride and groom. Mm-hmm. It's like. That's the rudest thing you've ever done. Are you going to pay for their plate? Like, their pay, their plate is going to cost you $150. You can pay for that and bring a gift. <laughs> See you there. See you there. Honestly, it's crazy to me. But we go from that, and we're back at work, and Gates is looking at a picture of her and her sister. And that Aww. was a cute little picture, whoever those little girls really are. <laughs> and um, she looks she looks like she's going to call her sister, and she doesn't. She doesn't. I like her. You're like whoever those little girls actually were. I mean, they're little actresses, probably, who like pose for a picture and they're like, ah, and then they're on a TV show. Good for them. They're like commercial actors, I bet, don't you think? Probably. I would love, I wonder if they're in the credits, like little girl one, little girl two. Or was it a picture of each of them photoshopped together from when they were little? It may have been. Sometimes I wonder that, you know, when they show like old pictures. Yeah, sometimes they age them and, you know, just Photoshop family pictures together to make you look like. That, that, it could have been that, too, because the girls actually did look similar to Gates and Lisbeth. Yeah, I didn't get a good look. I'm going to go back and pause on that part. Yeah. They, really they, dissect. I remember thinking, like, oh, that's funny, because they do, they look, they look very similar, the two women, but they also are very different mm-hmm. when you look at them. So you could see a difference in the little kids' faces. But, um... We go from that, and then we're going to the Venezuela consulate, I'm assuming. Um, and apparently, Peter requested a passport, and that's really all he did through the Venezuela <laughs> people. He just wanted a passport. And they're like, well, do you know Armando Garcia? And he's like, yeah, of course. Same guy. Like, he just went by a different name when he moved to America so he could fit in. Which, by the way, how does the U.S. Attorney's Office not, not know, know this? Well, I guess. And if he was your... If he was your informant and he's giving you, you know, these recordings at every the end day. of every day, how are you missing so much 
else that's go- so many other things that are happening. You have in his no life. idea what's going on. Is like, why like- are you not keeping track of him past this? Because if he's my informant, I want to make sure that he's not going to screw this up for me. So I'm going to make sure I have eyes and ears on him at all times, whether mm-hmm. he knows it or not, and to yeah. keep me in the loop. And also, so like I know personally going in, if I listened to those recordings and he was talking a bunch of mumbo jumbo about investing, I'd be like, I don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And like, so I could very easily take when he said the twenty five million or like the money's there or Armando Garcia, I could think those are clients. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But if I were, if I had one informant, I'd probably have two. That's true. Like one to keep an eye on the other one, and then I have to have, to have a third one to keep an eye on that guy. I mean, I just feel like you need, or at least somebody who's involved in investment and has like an inside scoop on it, so he could just even listen to the recordings and yeah. give you an accurate reading of what he's talking about. Yes, but and maybe they did have somebody doing that. But um, yeah. So he was just doing a passport request, and he was basically going to go to Mexico City, pick it up, and then flee the country. So he was really just leaving the country. That's all he wanted to do, and um. He was basically dropping out of this investigation. And so this takes us to where he worked on with the one other charge he made on his Armando Garcia credit card. He was at like a computer cafe, which I didn't know still existed. Apparently there are a hotspot in New York City. Like we're we're not in Europe. Because that place was pretty crowded. I've heard of this in Europe. Like I've never yeah. actually really seen it here in America like in full force. Like I see co-working spaces where you can like rent a computer to work or like Oh, I've never seen those. I've seen like free Wi-Fi at Starbucks. Yeah, I love and that free Wi-Fi. You go there and you all are hanging out, working on your scripts and stuff. Stuff. I don't know. Your stuff. Our doing stuff. doing all sorts of work. Sometimes LA I just work. go there to pretend I'm working. Sit there with my coffee, <laughs> read some blogs. <laughs> you just gotta get out of the house sometimes. sometimes you <laughs> Sometimes you do. Sometimes. But yeah, internet cafes. I mean, I just don't understand. I guess I understand if you are, you know, a foreigner coming here to visit. Just and you like don't have how, access to a computer. Yeah, just how, you know, when we go across the country, we need those to, you know, access our Facebook accounts and whatnot. Email. Email. Facebook. Mostly um, Twitter. Twitter. Facebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all those things. So I could see how they're relevant, but that one was really crowded. It was. And so we basically, and also it just doesn't make sense. There's a video cameras there. So like if this guy was trace, like trying to protect himself, he shouldn't have gone there. But we get a video of him and the person who makes the actual transfer via the computer is Berman. So we go see Berman and his lawyer again and basically try and get him to confess that he murdered this guy. Uh, well, he didn't. And he also says, also, he wasn't wearing a wire when he was killed because I saw him drop it off of the drop box on our walk home. So, Whoever told you he was wearing a wire <laughs> lied to you. And this is when, you know how it is, it's like this whole long episode leading up, and then it's like, done. Boom. It's like, we got her. And then they figure it out without telling us how they figured it out. They don't give us any details. They're just like, they just bring her in, sit him down, and they're like, you know what? You uh, you got his wire, and we found it on your computer, and we found a deleted recording, and da 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 Because yeah. for a second there, I thought that it was going to go the other way, and that it was actually going to be Gates' sister. Really? You did? Well, because there was just a half a second, because when they both sat down, and they were like, oh, well, you know, someone lied about getting this recording, and it kind of cut to Elizabeth yeah. first. It's like, ooh, are they going to make her, up? Gates, like, oh, real no. family drama? Okay. And then they didn't, but... 
Well, that's good because I wouldn't have liked to see that at yeah. all. I was like, ooh, Gates, your sister's really going to hate you now because <laughs> <laughs> now you're you arresting screwed her. her. <laughs> but so Stephanie basically got the wire, heard what he said, which was basically, you know, the U.S. is supposed to be doing good things and they're supposed to be helping people. With, they planted cocaine on me. They've ruined my life. They've dragged me into something I don't want to be a part of and I'm out. And so he said, before you even listen to this, I'm going to be gone. Too bad she heard it too soon. So she is the one who went to his house, killed him, and made it look like she took his wire off and got rid of the wire and deleted everything. So she – and she's just sitting there crying, just crying. Yeah. It's like – like It's for the greater good. And, and yeah, and Elizabeth's like, but not like that. Like you can't make this happen. Like she's also – not, she wasn't even just shady after the fact when their case was going into the crapper, basically. Mm-hmm. She was shady before when she had a cop plant cocaine on this guy. Yeah. Who does that? And, like, was it just like, oh, the next guy that you – well, it had to be him because they said pull over this specific guy because he works at this place and we need mm-hmm. to plant cocaine on him and stuff like that. Yeah. Who thinks of that? Who does that? Someone who's looking out for the greater good. She ne- Elizabeth said she needed someone on the inside there, so – so, you know, she made it happen for her. Well, Stephanie. Stephanie made it happen. Good luck. Better good, luck next time. Yeah, good luck in prison. And so she's off to jail. And then we have, we get to see uh, Gates and her sister kind of reunite at the end. And she says, you know, I could really use a drink and a sister. And, sister. and they hugged and it was very cute. And it was sister ER, not sister. Sister, sister. And it's like a sister. Yeah, like her sister. Her sister, like blood. Like the one that she grew up with. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's cute. So it was nice to see that storyline wrap up. And we are left with Beckett and Castle still whittling down their list. And they say, okay, we'll give ourselves one minute, write down the people that absolutely have to be at our wedding. And they both write down you. Aww. Which we both were like, okay. (laughs) But... Uh, that kind of led me to be like, oh, are they going to elope? Please don't elope. We've been talking about this wedding for an entire season. But I think that if they elope, they would elope with, you know, like Alexis and Espo, Espo. mom, dad. Maybe maybe do a surprise wedding, you know, where they're invited over to the house for dinner and it's actually their wedding. But it's, you know, just intimate and just that core group of friends. Yeah, I don't know. But um then they, they they say just you, and then they're like, but really, we need to have my mom, your dad, Aunt Teresa, Alexis, Espo, Espo. Ryan, Lainey, all these people. <laughs> so I think they're probably gonna get it under like a hundred. Like I think they should just go with Beckett's list because a hundred is a. It doesn't it's sound intimate, but that's a small wedding. Yeah. Like when you think of a small wedding, that is a small wedding, in terms of what some people do. Yeah, in terms of. Like, a lot of people do. A lot of people have, like, 200, 300 guests. I don't even know how they afford it. I wouldn't remember everyone's names. And I know, most and of them would be related to me, so. I, don't you? I always <laughs> meet, like, old great aunts or something. And I'm like, so nice to meet you. And my dad's like, you've met them a hundred times. Don't say that. It's rude. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't, don't remember I meeting don't remember. them. Like, last time I saw you, you were in diapers. And you expect me to remember you? I know. So I'm always like, good to see you. <laughs> nice to see you. But honestly, I'm just so excited for this wedding. Even if it's like 50 people, I think it would be really pretty. I'm not sure they could get their list down to 50 people. Well, we're going to figure it out because they, they're they determining their venue off the list. And they're supposed to get married this spring. You've got, I mean, like, four episodes. Or less. Less. Isn't it three. normally 22 episodes? Yeah, 22 in a season. So this we've got 19. three episodes left. Like, and, gah, if they're they- making us wait till <laughs> the end of April to figure out what's going to happen. 
That's not fair. It's not fair. I'm not happy about that. We were like, oh, I think there's a break next week. And then we're like, what? <laughs> what, a whole month? A month off? What's happening? But so I guess we're just going to jump into the predictions we have until we get Your that next After one. Buzz TV predictions. Ooh. Ooh, you know what's happening. What? This break that we're having, it's their wedding planning. Oh, they need the time. They, they need a little extra time to plan out this wedding. You know, Castle and Becca got to figure some things out. So they're like, you know what? We can't show you any new episodes because working on our wedding. I know. Like, it would make so much more sense to me. Like, I do another show where, like, one of the characters just abruptly left because <laughs> the, the actress needed to leave. And it's like they, they've gone on hiatus for a month. And it's like, <laughs> I get that. Like, I get that because your entire season is screwed up now. But, like – I don't even know where to think we're going to be in a month. Like, I'm hoping in a month, that'll be a couple episodes out. My prediction is the next episode we have, well, we know it's a 70s-themed episode, so it's going to be really, really fun. So maybe not that episode, but the next episode will have to be, like, the Bachelorette and Bachelor parties. Like, that has to be a part of this season. And if it isn't, I'm going to be really, really sad because I kind of want to see Beckett, like, tipsy. Yeah. I want to see her extremely out of character. That would be really fun. But I also feel like she would be on her bachelorette party and run into like a murder. I know. Well, maybe the guys can. Maybe the guys can run into the murder and she'll just like be cool. Like and have fun. No? No. That's not going to happen. Oh, well, that's my only prediction is that there's going to be a bachelorette party. I would love to see a bachelorette party. Um, I also want to see. Gosh, I don't even know what else. It's it's a month away. It's a month like, I away, can't even so. fathom what's going to happen. Because I don't know if they're if they're going to pick up in the same time frame. If we're a month later, if it's actually been a month later in their lives, I know so you never know. They've fin- finalized the wedding guest list and invitations are out and people are arriving. I don't know where their state of mind is going to be in a month. No idea, but we will find out in a month. So guys, keep the conversation going for the next month with us on Twitter and Instagram and iTunes. You can comment, rate, tell a friend. Also on YouTube, leave your comments. We like to reply and read them. Uh, You can keep it going with me on Twitter and Instagram at Paige Sell. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram (laughs) at the Tiana Hobson. Both of us are like, uh, uh, guys, keep the conversation going and we will see you in a month. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.